Let's just begin to pray. I want us to find grace this evening to create the right atmosphere around us, wherever you are, whether you are in your living room, your bedroom, driving home from work, um, in your kitchen, making a meal, but you want to hear, you want to be plugged in. I want you to know that it's possible because that's the nature of the meeting that will be online streaming. But I want you to give, if you can do without doing anything else and give the meeting this period, your 100% focus, you will be more blessed. You will be more blessed. And I want us to make effort to do that. Praise God. While we pray in the spirit, let's pray in the spirit for a few minutes just so, you know, Lebo Sahata Kanda, Poranabashekata Lebara, Elebaranagabara, Sokotanagabara Sata, Elegabaragabara, Sakatanagabara, Satanagabara Lagabasota, Elegabaragabara Sota Kende, Keseke Podagabara Sota, Elegabaragababa Shiket, Elegaboro Sunta, Elegabaragababara Sota, Negaboro Sita Nagabara, O Haye Kama Shekatanagabara Sota, Negabara Sota. Alaga baragababashe ketenege borosun delege borosota. Lega baso kotana gabashi kelege bosata. Lega baragababastole keposo koteneke posa. Esena kapara kapapasote kenege bobosota. Oh, hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We bless your name. Glorify you. We honor you in the name of Jesus. Esema teka pasa katanagaba. Jiboru go bodo go bode badege bodo go bosota nagababasota. Seketenege bodo go bodege bolege boboseta. Hallelujah. I want us to pray from the book of Luke, Luke chapter 1. Um, Shile shared that scripture briefly this morning, or shared it, read it out this morning. And um, every time when I read Luke, it's uh, this scripture just blows my mind. Hallelujah. Now his father, Luke chapter one, from verse 67. Now his father, Zachariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. This is John the Baptist's father and said, blessed is the Lord God of Israel for he has visited and redeemed his people. He has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant, David. He has raised up a horn 
of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, who have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our Father and to remember his holy covenant. The oath which he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our lives. Hallelujah. So I want us to pray this evening that as it has been written, that the Lord will grant us grace and mercy to serve him without fear. I want to serve the Lord without fear. Without fear. What about you? Serve him without fear of death, fear of sickness, fear of loss, fear of you know tomorrow, fear of uncertainties, fear of persecution, fear of tribulation, fear of my eternity, my state in eternity. We want to serve the Lord without intimidation. We want to serve the Lord without fear. Hallelujah. In true holiness and righteousness, all the days of my life. I want you to pray that prayer now. Lord, grant that I would fear you. I will serve you without fear. That fear will leave our hearts completely. That fear will leave our minds completely. Particularly as we see the end of the days approaching. As we see persecution approaching. Hallelujah. Whatever it is that we need to learn that confidence and faith will guard our hearts, even in the face of opposition, even in the face of death, we want to serve the Lord without fear. We want to serve the Lord to the degree that when we are faced with death, we will still choose the Lord because we know what we are choosing. Jesus told the woman at the well, yes, good evening. Okay, hallelujah. Jesus told the woman at the well that we know, we Jews, we know what we, whom we serve. Sorry, let me exit on this one. We know who we serve, but you guys don't know what you are serving, okay? When Paul went to Ephesus, what did they write all over the place? To an unknown God to an unknown God. So Paul had to use that thing they wrote to an unknown God to tell them, you can know the God you are serving. We will know who we serve. Hallelujah. We'll serve him without fear because we know the God we are serving, because we know the promises that he made to our fathers and the promises he has made to us through the Holy Scriptures, we would be confident. A lady called me today you know, she was flying and she fell sick and she was so afraid. Her heart was beating so much. And she asked me, said, she called me. I've been up since 3 a.m. She said, why am I afraid? What is scaring me? All these words I'm hearing, where is it going to? Why am I still scared? Praise God. I want us to serve the Lord without fear. I want you to pray the prayer. For yourself in the spirit. But I want to serve you without fear. Lima Shakata. Grant grace that I will be able to stand in the face of opposition. 
that I'll be able to stand in the face of circumstances, that I'll be able to stand in the face of persecution, to serve you without fear, fear of what people will say, fear of what family will say, fear of what husband, wife will say, but to serve the Lord without fear, that we being delivered from our enemies. Don't forget, this is a promise that God made to us. That we would be delivered from our enemies. Maya kabasi ke tanagabalashana ligaborosota. Mola gadagadagandagabasuko tanagabashata. Leka para kapa sheke tenegebo. Leka nigeborosunta libasana. Father, we pray tonight that will be granted, that it will be granted to us that will be delivered from the hand of our enemies. And I want to tell us, assure us, that we are already delivered from the hands of our enemies. Praise God. So this lady, I call her back six hours later and she's fine. She's free. The fear is gone. All we needed to do was just judge fear. Just judge fear. I said, take authority over the spirit of fear. Cast it out. Take authority over the spirit of anxiety. Praise God. And I want you to look at the scriptures hard. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit has written his laws upon the fleshly tables of our hearts. It didn't say upon our hearts. It says the word fleshly. I want you to take note of scriptures. When you read scripture, anything you see in the word of God that can be to your advantage, please take it immediately. God will honor it because you're honoring his word. Forget about what the interpretation means or what the spiritual interpretation means. Take the natural interpretation first. Apply it to yourself first. If he says bones, don't look for spiritual bone. Apply it to your natural bone first. If he says fleshly hearts, take this one. Where is the heart? Is it on the right side or on the left side? Wherever it is, right? Take it first before you think of the one in your belly. The one in your belly is your spirit man, right? But apply it to the one in your physical heart so that Satan will not go there and write high, write high blood pleasure. Pressure. Is it pleasure? Can't be pleasure. It's pressure, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. Satan will not go there and write high blood pressure or go there and write uh, palpitations or go there and write anything that he wants to write. Take it. Holy Spirit, you are writing your laws upon the fleshly tables of my heart. So if the finger of God is touching the fleshly tables of your heart, that means that when the Lord is engraving on that heart, there will even be marks, Right? You will see the marks of the Lord's writing. So covenant is being cut because as he touches your heart, blood is flowing. So a covenant is being made between the what he's writing and your heart. And that covenant is the covenant of life. The only thing the Holy Spirit can write upon, the, upon your heart is what? Is life. The laws of God is life. So he's writing his life upon the fleshly tables of your heart. Hallelujah. Thank you, my father. These are the promises of God's word to us. For us, Masakatanaga, that by these promises we will serve God without fear. Hallelujah. Serve Him without fear. Marakaba Sakatanabaya. Keleke Posokotanagabaya said, I cannot say yea. Yea. 
See my heart. Oh. See what Satan is. See, see what I'm feeling. Oh. See, look at what I'm going. Yeah. Who knows what it is? No, no, no. That's fear. Now, because you the, of the promises, you refuse to fear. You take a stand. You take a posture. The posture of God's word. The posture of what has been promised you. Hallelujah. And say, yes, this is what the word of God says concerning me. Hallelujah. This is what I want. What the word of God has spoken concerning my heart. This is what the word of God has spoken concerning my bones. This is what the word of God has spoken concerning this situation. Maybe things have just given way, you know, scattered, whatever. It doesn't matter. What was promised, it doesn't look like it's coming to you. It makes no difference. All things will work together for your good. I, I, do you love the Lord? Do you love God? Things should work together for your good. And by that, you are confident. You are strengthened. But it's not just by words of mouth alone. Hallelujah. It's by warfare. It's by, it's by warfare. It's by supplication. It's by worship. It's by honoring the Lord. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. I want us to go to the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12 says, Giving thanks unto the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Hallelujah. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us or conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Hallelujah. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So I want you to thank God according to this scripture. This scripture says we should what? Thank the father. Giving thanks unto the father. Father, I thank you because you have delivered me from the power of darkness. Hallelujah. I have been delivered from the power of death. I have been delivered from the power of sickness. I have been delivered from the power of destruction. I have been delivered from the power of poverty. You know, there are some poverty that are demonic. It is inspired by Satan. It is inspired by envious sorcery and witchcraft. It is inspired by wickedness. You have been delivered from such operations. Hallelujah. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness? Who has delivered us from the power of oppression? Satan has power that he uses to oppress people. In fact, the Bible calls it oppression. It's a spirit. It's a power. It's an operation of Satan. The Bible says it shall be far away from us. It shall be far away from us. Why? Because we have been translated out of the realm where that power can exercise dominion, can exercise his authority. The Bible says we have been translated. You say, Sister Chilean, how do we get these things to work for us? By first of all, acknowledging them. Bible says that the communication of your faith may be effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you by Christ Jesus. The second thing you will need to do, hallelujah, which the Lord has been bringing to my fore, is not acknowledging what the enemy is doing. 
or who the enemy is. We should stop acknowledging them. Praise God. And we should declare that the only thing we see is God. The only, thing, the only power we know is the power of God. Hallelujah. The only thing we see, the only operation we see is the operation of the Most High God, the operation of the kingdom of light. Thank you, Jesus. He has translated us into that kingdom. You acknowledge it. Father, thank you because I have been translated into the kingdom of light. Kingdom of life. I judge every evil work because I am not in the kingdom of darkness. I am not in that kingdom. I refuse to be in that. I refuse to fear the fear of those who are in the kingdom of darkness. I refuse to fear the fear of fear. Hallelujah. Thank you, my father. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be God forevermore. Father, we ask you this evening that you bless your word. Anoint your word in our ears. Anoint your word. Let it touch our hearts. Let it get into our hearts. Let it pierce our hearts. Let it pierce our bone marrow. Hallelujah. Let it divide our soul and our spirit as has already been done, my father. And let it dis discern the thoughts of our hearts. Praise God. In, in Jesus' name, amen. Now, one of the things that should be happening to you as you're growing in grace is that the thoughts of your own hearts, the secrets of your hearts, the Lord will begin to discern it. You begin to discern it. You know, the Bible says that the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? You can know your heart. When the word of God is coming to you, the word of God will start throwing up your heart and you will start seeing errors in your heart. Okay? That's, God, that's God's word. You couldn't see those errors six months ago. You couldn't see those errors one year ago. But you begin to see errors in your heart. I saw an error in my heart three days ago. I saw an error in my heart about two weeks ago, praise God. And I saw that that error had been in my heart right from, probably right from when I was a child, probably where it was fed, I don't know, in the course of growing up. But I was able to locate it, expressing itself in the things of God right from when I was on campus. And I was doing mighty works for God as a teenager. But I, I was able to see just two weeks ago, I was able to locate that, that thing right there and I saw it show up there. I saw it show up somewhere else um, down the road. I saw it show up somewhere else um, 15 years ago. I saw it show up somewhere else recently. And I'm like, huh, I've caught you. You have to leave my heart. Hallelujah. Now, it's the word of God that will do that for us. As we're maturing in the things of God, the Lord will be throwing up those things, right? Those are Bible calls them in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It calls them the hidden things of dishonesty. The hidden things of dishonesty. There are hidden things of dishonesty in the heart. And those are things that drive intent. There are things, those, those hidden things of dishonesty. There are things that drive intentions. There are things that drive counsel. You know, when you counsel people and when you want to take a decision, those hidden things of dishonesty is what brings an influence over your decisions. 
we must be free from them. You want to be a man child? Those things have to go. Hallelujah. Amen. We've been blessed already. We've been fed already. So one second, I want us to just um, quickly remind those who ought to be on this call to jump in because we want to start. We've already started. We've eaten starter and it was a heavy starter. <laughs> We've taken juice, drink. You know, when you go to a restaurant, the first thing they come to ask you is, what will you drink? And then you order the starter. So we've taken our drinks and we've taken the starter. Now we want to go for the main course. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Michael, I don't have a screen to work with today. I am grateful, oh Lord, I am grateful, oh Lord, for all you have done for us. I am grateful, oh Lord, I am grateful, Lord. I am grateful, oh Lord, hallelujah, I am grateful, oh Lord, my God, for all you have done for us, hallelujah, I am grateful, oh Lord. Amen. So we've been looking at things that must shortly come to pass. Things which must shortly come to pass. Praise God. And um, we've looked at the great falling away. We've looked at the great falling away. How believers will fall away. How believers will backslide. And um, not just backslide, as in backslide completely from serving Jesus, but lukewarmness. Bible says that the love of many will what? Will wax cold. So lukewarmness will take over the hearts of many believers and many believers will be wearied. Okay? One of the ministry of Satan is to wear out the saints. It's in the scriptures, in the book of Daniel. The assignment of Satan, one of his ministries is to weary the saints. You know, um, and the saints will get tired and discouragement will set in. Okay. Now, in the book of Revelations, uh, hearing is the patience of the saints. Where is that in the book of Revelation? Twice is mentioned in the book of Revelations. Patience of the saints. Um, let me see if I can find it or if someone can get it for me quickly. I think it's in Revelations. I think there's one in 12. Let me check. Uh, 
all right. Um, if I if we find it, would would um, I'll throw more light on it. However, now the reason why all of these things have been written for us is so that we can build that virtue called patience. There are three virtues that is very critical for us as we are approaching the last days. One is the virtue of patience. Another one is the virtue of long suffering. Another one is the virtue of um, ability to suffer long. Another one is the virtue of endurance. Endurance and, and patience are about the same thing. Praise God. Very important that we build on those virtues. Please, I would appreciate that you write it down because... Perseverance, hallelujah. Patience, perseverance, and long suffering, okay? Second Peter chapter one doesn't talk about long suffering, but it talks about <clears throat> perseverance. <clears throat> but I'm sure if we go to Galatians, there's long suffering there in the book of Galatians. And in all other scriptures where... Um, we are instructed to build the nature of God and the nature of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The book of Galatians chapter 5 mentions long-suffering and the fruit of the Spirit is love, is joy, is peace, is long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Praise God. Now, why do we need this virtue? Patience, long-suffering, perseverance. The reason we need them is because of the character. One of the characters of our adversary. One of his character is to wear you out. He likes to wear a weary the saints. So when we lack insight into the kind of inner capacity we should build praise god in our capacity we should build when we lack it when we lack that information we're not able to build it and then um um when the enemy begins to throw pam, 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 or stretch 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 we give up we get discouraged and we back off so I'm saying this as emphasis, okay? One of the things, sometimes you go to those fruits of the spirit and you look at them one by one and you check yourself, you evaluate yourself, you check which ones you are lacking in and you put in more efforts in those areas. You bring it before God in the place of prayer. You bring it to the Holy Spirit, you know, and um, the Holy Ghost will help us build them. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So the Bible says that many will fall away. Okay. And I said that falling away is not just complete and total backsliding. That falling away, part of what you would experience is that the hearts of many will wax cold. Wax cold towards the Lord. Wax cold towards the things of God. Wax cold towards um, the brethren. Okay. And 
sometimes what will come back in place of zeal and fire will be lukewarmness. Uh, there's no lukewarm believer that will make it. There's no lukewarm believer that will make it. You are in a lukewarm state. You are just as bad as an outsider. Praise God. Now, those are the signs of the falling away. But there is a falling away. The Bible calls the great falling away. There is the great falling away. And sometimes when I look at the states of the church right now, I'm a bit confused. You know, I'm wondering, has that happened? Because the majority of the church seem to be going in a tangent, in a direction that is completely off course. And I'm just sorry to say this, and I'm saying it with all humility. Okay? There's a lot of religion, a lot of religious activities, a lot of activities. And yet, with the power of God that we're meant to be benefiting from a vibrant church, a church that is spreading all over the place, we're not seeing it. I'm trusting the Lord that that has not happened. That is not what is going on right now. But there will be a great falling away. And of very close importance is the falling away captured in the book of Revelation chapter 12. Okay? I mentioned this the last time where the Bible says that the dragon will use his tail to pull down one third of um, stars which are in heaven. And I want to let you know that these stars which are in heaven are not baby Christians. These are Christians that have attained some level of height. And I believe many of you are many of you that listen to this that are daily committed with sincerity of heart to what we're teaching are these heavenly beings right now. You are part of this company of these stars right now. And many more will join this company of stars, okay? That will function from the heavenly realm or from the heavenly dimension. Praise God. Or who are already ascending. They might not have reached the peak of where they ought to be, but they are making daily ascending in their work with God, in their everyday work with God. Praise God. Now, the plan of Satan is that he will pull down these um, stars. Now, in the book of Revelation chapter 12, let's, let's go there. Let's look at that. Don't forget what we're teaching is the things which must co shortly come to pass. And I was instructed vividly, clearly by the Lord to teach on these things and open them also that people can understand them properly. The things that must happen, they will not, none of them will be escaped. There's not one of them that will not happen. And they are going to happen in these days, in these last days. Praise God. Now in the book of Revelation chapter 12, the Bible says in the book of verse 9, so the great, dra uh, no, not, not verse 12. In verse 4, his tail, let's read from verse 3. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon, a great fiery red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his heads, his tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. Okay? Now, we always say that these, um, um, these are wanted of the angels that fell with Satan. These are not wanted of the angels that fell with Satan. I've said this many times here. We say it all the time in our community, not just me alone. However, these are stars of God that have risen. 
and I want you to pay attention, please, my brother, my sister. What is it that will pull down these stars? It's not that they are backsliding. It's not that they will backslide to the level where they will go to hell. Okay, it's not, it's not apostasy we're talking about here. We're talking about rejection for the reward. Now, we know what the reward is, right? We know what the reward is. We know the epic reward of the believer is to be numbered or to be a part of the house of God, the building of God. Praise God. The building of God. Hallelujah. To be a part of that building of God, that temple of God. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit now, but in, in the world to come, when our walk with God is being rewarded, how much we give of ourselves to God in this life will also determine how much of God we will house in that world to come. Now, someone like me, my true desire is to be housed with the Father fully and the Son. Jesus said, if any man will love me, I and my Father will come and make our abode in him. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, the reason he didn't say the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is because the Holy Spirit is already where? In us. So the only personalities that are missing, as it were, please, 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 don't judge me with my language. I'm limited by language, okay? Can I can only use the language I know to say what I'm saying, but that might not be the true and perfect meaning of what I am saying. But you would get have an idea if you are walking if you're listening by the spirit of God. So the spirit of God is in us. God the Father is in us through the Holy Ghost. God the Son is in us through the Holy Ghost. Yet God the Father is physically in heaven, in himself. God the Son is physically in heaven, in the Father, in himself. Praise God. We saw him ascend. And he kept saying, I'm going to the Father. I'm going to the Father. Hallelujah. When I get to the Father, I will pray the Father and he will send you the Holy Spirit. So one day the Holy Spirit came bodily to the earth and he's now dwelling inside me, inside you, inside you, inside you. He has distributed himself amongst millions and millions of believers, both those who are in heaven and those who are on the earth. <laughs> oh my God. God is too much. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, I feel like shouting, but I'm managing my voice. <laughs> Hallelujah. So these stars, he still drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them. You see how he threw them, cast them down to the earth. So he brought them down to become earthly again. And these are people that had ascended. Now we were able to point out some loopholes that he can use. Number one is pride. Okay? Pride. Number one, number two is glory. When we want to be known, when as ministers of the gospel, particularly ministers, we want to be known. Okay? Number three could be money. When money begins to enter, maybe you were very meek, very humble, unassuming. In a certain way, there's a certain way you were. And then, you know, you serve the Lord faithfully, but money begins to come, and then money begins to do its work. Money has an evil work in the life of people. Okay? The Bible calls it the deceitfulness of riches. So money can deceive you, twist your heart, give you another image of yourself 
and then give you a showy life. Okay? You want to show off. You want to do things to show off. You know, you dress to show off. You buy things to show off. God doesn't want that. That's an idol trying to come into our lives. Is it good to have money? Yes. Yes, it's good to have money. I can never say it's evil to have money. Okay? It's good to have money. It's good to have money. Praise God. But it's evil for money to tamper with your nature, to tamper with your humility, to tamper with your love work, to tamper with your ambition. When you have money, you think you can do anything. You can have any meeting. You can have it anywhere. You can do this and do that. But God doesn't want us to be that way. God wants us to depend on him for instructions. Instructions on what to do and how to do it. Very important as we are learning to ascend in our work with God. So with these loopholes, Satan will pull down. So what will just naturally start happening is that once that happens, this believer or this minister will start doing things more by the flesh. What their might can do, what their flesh can do, what their money can do, rather than what the spirit can do. How can a man escape that? Have I escaped it? The only way I can escape it is to be humble before the Lord and to ask the Lord daily, not some days, daily, daily for mercy, daily for guidance, daily for instructions. Praise God. And to sometimes tell the Lord, this is what we want to do. We can't do it without you asking us to do it. Even though we have the ability, the people, and the money to do it. Praise God. Hallelujah. I think last week we, we were able to contribute effectively and posted some of the things that... Um, we some of the things that we we know will make us fall. Um, pride will come in, and all of that. So, if you remember them, please go ahead and just post them for the purpose of going reviewing some of the things that we have learned, so that they don't slip from us. <laughs> it's easy for these things to slip, particularly if you don't write notes like me. And then if you don't go back to listen to the messages over and over again, you, you might, they might sleep. Bible says in the book of Hebrews, it said we must give the most earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we let them sleep. Spiritual things can slip away from you so fast. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, you found me the scripture on the patience of the saints. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now look at verse, I want us to go to that Revelation chapter 13. It's very important that we see that. From verse 6, then he opened his mouth in blasphemy, blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. Those who dwell in heaven, those are stars of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. You and I, praise God. Apart from those who are physically in heaven, I mean, those who are spirit, soul, are in heaven. Their bodies are inside the grave. 
They have not received their new bodies yet. I believe they are in heaven, according to the scriptures. It was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. It was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. You will see this scripture in the book of Daniel. Daniel also prophesied this same scripture to make war with the saints and overcome them. And authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. Now, this is the Antichrist, whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. He who leads into captivity shall go into captivity. He who kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. Now, Bible says here, it says, here is the patience of the saints. Praise God. Yes. This is important that we understand how these beings will operate on the earth so that when it comes, we're not overwhelmed. We will understand what is going on and we will endure through the process of tribulation, persecution, and not give up and not, not lose out because it's those who endure till the end that shall be saved. Those who endure till the end that shall be saved. Can we pray in the spirit? Can we pray in the spirit? I want us to receive strength. There's strength that is coming to us as a result of these things I'm teaching right now. It's coming to the inner man. I'm, I'm concerned that our numbers have dropped. Father, we receive strength, the strengthening of our inner man in the name of Jesus. We receive strength, Lord. We receive strength in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. There's someone here, you're going through something, and I hear the Spirit of the Lord telling me to tell you not to give up in waiting on the Lord. He said, you're going to come through shortly. It's not going to be long. You're going to come through. I don't know exactly what it is, but the Lord is asking me to tell you, praise God. Maybe this prayer is for you because you're about to give up or throw, throw up, you know, throw in the tower, like they say, give up. Okay. But the Lord is asking me to tell you, don't give up on God's word. Don't give up on your patience right now. 
Shebali gadagadagaba sokotanagaba. Regadagadagadagaba shontelige bodo sota. Ese katane kapasakata kasokotanaba. Malega, Father, we pray for your daughter, your son, whoever it is right now. We supply strength by the Spirit. We ask that the Spirit will send strength. Holy Spirit, we ask you to send your angels to minister strength in the name of Jesus. Minister encouragement. The encouragement of the Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. So that is um, a review of the great falling away. Praise God. Now, the next thing that will happen or another thing that will happen, please, this is not in any order. This is not in any order. Um, because if I say this one will confess, that one will confess, I might be wrong. <laughs> and I will be wrong. Hallelujah. The way the prophets have prophesied these things, they prophesied it in a manner that you can only follow through by following the Lord in the spirit, by walking in the spirit. If you use earthly mathematics to calculate it, you will get it wrong. You don't know which one will come before the other. Praise God. But God wants us to be fully alert in the spirit and the spirit will lead us. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So the next thing I we've learned that will happen is the manifestation of the man-child. The, the manifestation of the man-child. And we also talked about the perfecting of the saints. Now, the saints will be perfected. It must happen. There must be a critical mass of believers that will come into a dimension of God on this earth right now. They are critical to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. If it doesn't happen, the Lord will not return. And you will understand that that is the reason why Satan fights maturity. Satan doesn't want believers to mature. Satan doesn't want believers to hear the truth. So the gospel, most places are corrupted with worldliness and worldly teaching and teachings that will keep a believer earthly. Now, Satan might not stop you from praying. What are you praying about? What are you fighting for spiritually? What are your labors of prayer? You will see that most of the time what we are laboring for is house, is money, is business, is uh, uh, marriage, to have children. The closest of those labors to the life that God has given us is health. I believe that health is very important, okay? Because if you don't have your body intact, you can't do ministry on the earth. And Satan cut, comes to cut off ministry, ministries that are an affront to his operations. He goes after, after such prophets, goes after such men to attack their bodies so that um, they will cut off that ministry from the earth. So I believe that the need for ministries that minister to the body, teach the body how to be whole, how to you know, function in divine health, is very important. Gifts of healings and working on miracles, very, very important. Praise God. Now, like I was saying, this is the closest to most prayer houses or prayer mountains. Every other thing is around what to eat, what to wear, and they have formed idols without us knowing it in our hearts. So when we come for meetings that do not necessarily address those things, we, we are not interested. Why? It doesn't minister to 
our daily needs. However, every son, everyone raised in the house of God as a son will command the elements. And I'm not joking. Everyone raised as a son in the house of God will command the elements, will command the money, will command resources. Let me not use the word money. Let me use the word resources. So what you need for what God has assigned for you to do will come. Why? Because you are a son. The Lord is indebted to you. Permit me to use that word. The Lord is indebted to you. He's indebted to you to ensure that you have provision. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and every other thing, every other thing shall be added to you. That scripture is not a lie. Hallelujah. It's not a lie. It's the truth. Heaven will be indebted to you because they need you. Though that thing you want to carry out, heaven is in desperate. God needs the world to be saved more than you want the world saved. God wants people to be saved more than you want people saved. God wants people to be healed more than you want people healed. So when God finds men that are willing to give up their lives, to seek him, that his will will be done on the earth, he will back them up. Now, it doesn't mean that they won't go through trial. They will go through training. They will go through trial. Now, those trials are to train us to learn to depend on God, to rely on God, train our spiritual senses, praise God, so that the spiritual senses will dominate and rule the natural senses, so that the natural senses can shut up forever. Shut up and not have a voice anymore over our lives. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. So we've been looking at what is the makeup of the man-child. So you don't touch, just touch the man-child. You don't even understand the makeup of the man-child, the training. Who is the man-child? What does the man-child look like? What is the lifestyle of the man-child? What is the bodily formation of the man-child? On Saturday, my husband was teaching on who we really are, what we treat, what we, who we are inside of us. Praise God. And what God wants to do with that man that is inside. And he talked about people that, you know, those of us that run up and down looking for, um, we look for, um, 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 what did you call it now? We look manifestations. Um, you know, we're looking for manifestations. People that run up and down, they want to see where action is. Okay. Now, spectacular. Thank you so much. Spectacular. People that are looking for spectacular. Please don't look for spectacular. Look for Jesus. Look for the life of Jesus. Praise God. Now I will be paid, I will listen to a man that has working on miracles in his ministry. This is how encounters, spectacular encounters. Now this is me personally, right? And I, 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 like Paul, I will say, follow me as I follow Christ. So this is what I do. If I see that you have a lot of giftings in your ministry, I want to go and look for what you teach. I would like to hear your messages. Okay, so you can't judge a man's message by hearing him the first time or the second time. I, can, I want to listen to like two, three of your messages, four, five, six at different times, Sunday service if you're in a church, um, 
midweek service, if you have midweek services, conference teaching. By the time I hear six, seven, eight, I will know what your stream, what you are bringing out to the people. I can tell. Praise God. And I can tell if this guy is a teacher of righteousness. Because if all you do is work miracles and teach, some people are healing evangelists. They don't teach. So that's not what I'm talking about. They preach salvation. They preach Jesus. Okay? They preach and then they preach healing. They preach the power of God will fall. But anytime you settle down to teach, I want to know that you are touching on the nature of Christ. I want to know that you are instructing people on how to live right, how to wear, you know, put on the image of our Lord Jesus Christ, and how to look like Jesus, because that's that is that will be the yardstick for the measurement in the world to come. When we stand before Christ to be rewarded for all our labors on the earth, what they will put on one side of the scale is Christ, and then they will put you and your works on one side of the scale. So the more of Christ you have, the more balance. If you're emptied of Christ, all your works, as heavy as they sound or be, will hit the ground. They, you know those scales that they do that way, right? Put weights. If you want to get 5 kg of meat, you put 5 kg weight on this side, and then you keep dumping meat on this side until it gets to 5. When it gets to 5 kg, it will be balanced. Hallelujah. So when I hear you, if I find out that you are not, there's no Christ, there's no nature, you're not communicating that lifestyle, that narrow race that believers ought to live their lives by, I will leave you alone. I'll leave you and your miracles alone, even though you will be gifted by God. Okay? Praise God. Because it means you can't raise a believer. Can't raise a believer properly. Hallelujah. So this man child, last week we began to look at, you know, some of the bodily form of the man child, the kind of things that would happen to us as we are hearing God's word and as we are receiving God's word, change will be taking place. Change will not only take place inside of us, not just character, but our bodies also will be inheriting the change. Okay, now it's not going to come just because we are hearing alone. Is also going to come because we are exercising ourselves in the spirit. And we took the, the, the life of Paul, you know, without stating that very clearly, we took the life of Paul as an example. We looked at how Paul ran his life. And it dawned on me for the first time that the reason why Paul drove himself hard to labor in the spirit was because of the allocation. Hallelujah because of the allocation of suffering that was given to him, the allocation of suffering, okay? When, when, when Paul was called um, in the book of Acts of Apostles, the Lord appeared to um, Ananias. I'm not sure if I pronounced the name correctly to go and anoint him and open his eyes when Paul was struck on his way to Damascus and he received Jesus as Lord. He was blind. The light blinded him. And God woke up Ananias to go and pray for him. And the guy was scared. He said, Lord, I've heard too much about this man. That guy will kill me. He's killing your children, throwing them into prison. The Lord said, don't worry. I've captured him. He's mine. Hallelujah. And I'm going to use him. And I'm not only going to use him. I'm going to show him 
the things which he will suffer, the many things which he will suffer for the sake of the kingdom of God. Now, no other apostle suffered as much as Paul. Paul suffered so much. Okay, suffered so much persecution, beaten so many times. Now, that is the, the, the thorn in the flesh that he went to the Lord to deliver him from. Okay? Now, some preachers preach that it is sickness. It is not sickness. It is not sickness. It is not sickness. Bible says that that, that thorn in the flesh was given to him because of the multitude of revelations so that it will keep him from pride. It will beat him, beat him, beat him. So he had to enter into God fully. The Lord told him, my grace is sufficient for you. Okay? Go for my grace. Go and find my grace. What is the grace? Grace of God is the ability of God in a man. Hallelujah. So Paul had to labor for life. He labored to enter into immortality. He labored to touch immortality. He labored to touch the life that is in Christ. Hallelujah. Why? If he didn't do that labor, they would have killed him. Those things can kill a man. They stoned Stephen and Stephen died. You say Stephen was a martyr. Yes. I agree. He was a martyr. He was appointed. Martyrdom was appointed to Stephen. Praise God. Hallelujah. But Paul, the same thing that was done to Stephen was done to him and he didn't die. Not once, but twice he was stoned. Twice he was beaten. A day and a half in the deep. Hallelujah. Do you understand that? Glory to God. So he was constantly being persecuted, beaten, beaten. Once he arrives in a city, the principalities, the rulers of that environment, the principality of that region, the rulers of darkness of that region will say, that man has come. Oh, oh yeah. He will stir up strife, stir up the city. And what do they want to do? Kill him, 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 kill him. They will drag him here, drag him there. <laughs> Just try to kill him, to shut him up. Because no other apostle had the revelation of the New Testament like Paul. He was the one carrying it, the revelations of Christ. After he received Christ, he went to Arabia for 14 years. Fasted, prayed, reading the, God, reading the scripture. Reading Ezekiel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, those were the scriptures that were available at the time to be able to download Christ. And Bible says that as he was laboring in those things, Jesus was appearing to him regularly, teaching him also. He's there in the scriptures. He said many things which I will appear to you. I will appear to you to show you. So he was, I believe he was having encounters. He was also having out-of-body experiences. I know a man 14 years ago, whether in the flesh or in the spirit, I don't know. But he went up to heaven and heard unspeakable things, which is unlawful for a man to utter. So he had many, many translocation experiences. He experienced the Lord's Supper. You can see it. It was, it's there in the book of First Corinthians. This is open book. We should be going to these scriptures, right? <laughs> so I'm not just quoting them. And then you don't know where they are. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter, is it 1st or 2nd? Chapter 10. Yes, the one of I know a man is 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Okay, so that's it. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he says, and I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I, I cannot tell. God knoweth, he was the one. How that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words which is not lawful for a man to utter. 
Praise God. So he had such experiences. He wasn't the only one that had these experiences. When you read the New Testament with open eyes, you will see that all of them were having those experiences for the purpose of writing down, scripting down interpretations in the scriptures. Many of them were taken to, 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 to um, backwards, time travel backwards, permit me to use that word, okay, to certain things that happen, like the Lord's Supper. Let's go to First Corinthians. Um, let's go into chapter 11. Let me show us something there. Okay. Verse 23 said, For I received from the Lord. Do you see that? Do you see that scripture? You see how it's rendered? For I received from the Lord directly. That which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take it. This is my body, which is broken for you. When this thing happened, Paul was not there. He was not a follower of Jesus. It happened to the 12 apostles, of which part Judas fell out. Judas hung himself, died, hung himself, and they looked for a replacement. The replacement that they voted for, okay, they cast lots voting, was they chose Matthias, right? But we don't see Matthias anywhere else in the scripture, in the Bible. I believe, this is my belief, that the one that replaced the 12th apostle is Paul. And for you to, to be called an apostle of the Lamb, you must have seen the Lord. You must have seen him, walked with him, been a part of the things that happened to him. So. By reason of that appointment, they had to supernaturally, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, bring Paul to experience them. So Paul experienced this Passover that the Lord ate with his disciples and exactly how it happened, right? That's what he was writing here. That the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take it. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup. So it's not the apostles who sat on that table that told him this story. It is the Lord himself. Do you understand what I'm saying? So these are the things that he experienced that, you know, um, established him as a bona fide apostle, but it was not without labor. He was in, in that, in that um, um, region of the earth, Arabia, for 14 years. And they downloaded the mysteries of the kingdom, the, mystery of, the mysteries of Christ. What is the mystery? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. And when he came out, he began to communicate these truths to everyone. Last week I said something. I said nobody communicates, communicate, no other apostle communicated the life of God, you know, the life, 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 eternal life, the way Paul did. I'm sorry, another apostle, another apostle, John. When I was studying during the week, the Lord brought that to my attention. John um, had a full revelation of life. If you read 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and you read the Gospel of John, you would find these things there you'll find life loaded with you know um instructions about life and the divine life and the life that we have inherited now it is that life that we inherited that paul labored with for it to manifest in his mortal body praise god hallelujah 
so that he can live the life above death. Otherwise, they would have taken him out before his time. He would not have been able to complete his mission. He would not have been able to complete his assignment. Now, if these things are not taught us, we will not pay much more attention, okay? The, most of our groanings, okay, look at, let's go to the book of, um, let's go to Romans, Romans chapter 8. Hallelujah. Okay, let's read from verse, should actually have read from, you know, verse 8 or so, but because of time, let's read from verse 22. Let's read from verse 21. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption. Because creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. So the reason for groaning, how do you groan in the spirit? Is a type of praying in other tongues, pressing into life. Okay. So I'm not praying now because I want car, I want house. No, you, some of you that spend some time praying in the spirit, you will understand what I'm saying. You pray in the spirit, pray in the spirit. After a while, you are just there laboring in the spirit. Huh? Touching the mind of God, that's right. You are just there laboring in the spirit, groaning in the spirit. When that is your habitual pattern of life, when it becomes your habitual pattern of life, we touch these things. The only thing is that we are not consistent in them. So we are not able to get the benefits from it. We will we do it today. We will not do it tomorrow, even though we will pray tomorrow, but we will not touch that realm tomorrow. Next tomorrow, we will not touch that realm. But if you are able to build a life that is consistently in that place, you will birth something in your physical body. And not allow sin to encroach. Pride, anything, particularly sins of the spirit. So, when we are laboring in this twice, our spiritual antennas have to shoot up to know when Satan wants to shoot an arrow to destabilize you. He doesn't like you in that realm. He doesn't want us in that realm at all. When you enter into that realm, you have escaped him. You are touching God. And you enter into the realm of life. I will show you the path of life. For in my presence is the fullness of joy. At my right hand are pleasures forevermore. You see? He doesn't want us. You can pray and shout, scream, shout all the prayers we want. Five hours, 12 hours prayer stretch, but we are still outside. It's okay. After a while, he won't fight you anymore. He can even send his people to come and join you. <laughs> Hi. Okay. 
let's, let's see another scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. <laughs> Ma? Romans chapter 8 was the scripture I just read last now. So now I'm going to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. Hallelujah. If indeed having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we, verse four, pay attention to verse four. For we who are in this tent, this one, this is a tent, this is a house. For we who are in this tent, grown, being burdened. You see, there's a burden, limitation. This body has limitations. It can fall sick. It can feel pain. It can, it can be cut down. It can, it has limitations. I want to be in Italy right now. I can't be in Italy immediately, right? There are limitations in this body. We are growing to be free from the limitations of the body. It can be tired, right? Yesterday, I was so tired. My eyes were heavy burning. I had to leave the meeting to come home. Unfortunately, when I got home, family life would not let me just go straight to bed. What I should have done, merely I came back from, came back home yesterday, was just to sleep into my bed and just catch some two, three hours of sleep so that I can be able to function properly. Okay? Those are the limitations of the flesh. Okay? Having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent grown, verse 4, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed. Not because when you are unclothed, it means that this body has been cast off. The spirit and the soul are not covered anymore. The spirit and the soul is inside. Okay? Look at that. Not because we want to be unclothed. So the reason we are growing, we are not growing because we want to go and meet Jesus in heaven. Mm -mm. No. But further clothed upon, we need another type of clothing. We need another type of house. That mortality may be swallowed up by life. What is mortality? Child of God, what is mortality? Mortality means subject to death, something that can die, something that can decay. So why am I groaning? It's not so that this body will be removed, the body will drop. The Bible says that the spirit, the body without the spirit is dead. They take out the spirit, the body will fall. It's unclothed, right? Not for it to drop. Clothing here is not talking about your physical dress. It's talking about the clothing, clothing the soul and the spirit with flesh, sinews, bone, joint, marrow. If you remove it, the spirit is off. Praise God. But Paul is saying, no, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is that the purpose for my groaning, purpose for my groaning is so that life, immortality, life can swallow mortality in this body. Otherwise, they will kill me. He prayed. He said, pray so that I will be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. <laughs> eh? That's what he said. Pray for me. 
Strive earnestly with me in prayers. So there was a lot of labor in the place of prayer for a certain type of life to be found in his body. So that when they finish beating him, mm, I have a work to do, Jerry. When I don't finish the beating, he will get up and go and continue. I need to get to Rome. Ah, don't go to Rome. If you go to Rome, ah, the man do, who owns this thing, this is how they are going to tie him hand and foot. Don't go to Jerusalem, not Rome. Don't go to Jerusalem. If you go to Jerusalem, this is what they will do to you. Don't enter here. Don't go there. Say, brethren, calm down. I'm not only ready to be bound, but I'm ready to lay my life down for the sake of this gospel. Hallelujah. But you see, he also had a cause. Even though he was ready to die, even though he was ready to be martyred, but he also had a cause. A, a, a responsibility um, schedule that was given to him. And it's his, his responsibility to defend that cause, to ensure that he finishes it. He cannot go to heaven and say, ah, God, you sent me to Joss now. When I, get, when I go to Joss, they killed me there. That's why I'm in heaven. And the Lord will say, okay, but from Joss, you were meant to have gone to Kaduna. From Kaduna, you are meant to have gone to Meduguri. From Meduguri, you are meant to have gone to Chad. From Chad, you are meant to have gone to, you have, you have, you, you have I see more, 10 more H, um, 10 more F years in your record. Okay, you're tired. Come home. That's fine. So he couldn't, you can't finish that course. You can't write what Paul wrote. What Paul wrote troubles me. Does it trouble you? I have finished my course. I finished it. He wrote in another thing, he said that I may finish my course and fulfill my ministry. He instructed uh, Archippus or Architikipus. I'm not sure how it is pronounced. Atis Chikipos or Atipos. He said, pay attention, take heed that you fulfill your ministry. So every child of God must fulfill their ministry. I have a question, Mama. Those prophets, by prophesying by the Spirit, how do we manage that? That they prophesied by the Spirit on separate occasions versus Paul's instances. They saw into the spirit. They, they saw what will happen to Paul. That's just what happened. They saw what will happen to Paul. They saw what was, what was, they were not false prophets. They saw very clearly. They saw correctly. And the spirit was not telling Paul, don't go. They just saw what will happen to Paul. And they said it. This is where you're going now. This is what they will do to you. Praise God. It's like a man, I've shared this here before. It's like a man that was sent to Mexico. To Argentina, not Mexico. I heard the story from Benihin many years ago. I was sent to Argentina to preach the gospel as an evangelist. And he has a wife. I can't remember if he has children or he just had a wife and, or just had only a wife. But he went to him and said, the Lord is asking me to go to Argentina and that when I get to Argentina, Argentina, they will kill me. Okay? The Lord didn't tell him, well, Son, this is what I'm seeing that will happen to you in Argentina. Don't go to Argentina. The Lord said, get up, go to Argentina. When you get to Argentina, they will kill you in Argentina. So he came to his brother and said, the Lord has shown me my end. Please, when I go, take care of my family, take care of my wife. And then the prophet that he was talking to said, are you out of your mind? Are you saying that when you get to Argentina, you'll be killed? Then where are you going? Don't go. 
Don't go. What of your family? What of your... your... And he looked at... Can I, I mean, uh, Benny Hinn, who was talking to him and said, are you okay? The Lord asked me to go. I'm telling you what will happen to me. And it has been shown to me. Look at the writings of, of these apostles. All of them said, it has been shown me how I will go. It has been shown me what they will do. All of them were martyred. But they showed it to them. So if they could see it, some other person can also see it. Praise God. I was chatting with a friend, a sister yesterday, and she was giving me, you know, report on what had happened to her life. And we're talking about, um, yes, they told him through the spirit. That's right. It was, um, she was talking about what one of her workmates who caught cancer. And the Lord told her that the reason she caught cancer or she got cancer was because she took the shots. Now, please, I'm not scaring anyone. I'm just saying what she told me, right? The Lord, she said the Lord told her, this is my friend talking, she lives in the US. And the Lord told her that the reason she, this, her colleague in the office got cancer was because she took the shots. Now that she should go and pray for her, minister healing to her so that she can be healed, right? Now this lady she was going to minister to is a Catholic. So she walked out, she was a former Catholic before she gave her life to Christ, before she received Jesus. So she went to the lady and said, you're Catholic, right? And the lady said, yes. She said, well, the Lord told me to come and tell you that he wants to heal you. He's going to heal you of this disease. And you know the wisdom the Lord gave her? The Lord said to her, "Tell, teach her on communion. Teach her on the flesh and the blood. And she said, you take the sacraments, right? You eat the flesh and the blood, don't you? And the lady said, yes. She said, do you know what it means? And she doesn't know what it means. She didn't know what it meant. But even though she's a, a Catholic, so she took time to teach her that the flesh is the flesh of Jesus, is the body of Jesus. And the blood, the cup, is the blood of Jesus. And it is the flesh of Jesus for real. And it is the blood of Jesus for real. You know, we call it token. Sometimes we're saying, we say token. It's not token. It is the flesh of Jesus for real. It is the blood of Jesus for real. Mystically, yes. Now, when he gave us the cup, he said, take, this is my flesh. This is my blood. He didn't say this is a token of my flesh or a token of my blood. Now, when she, she, she taught her that, she told her, said, now, I want you to go for mass. She didn't say leave Catholic church. She just said, and when you go for mass, go for mass regularly. Ensure you go for mass every day. Okay? Now, when you go there, when you eat the, 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 the whole sacrament, eat it as the flesh of Jesus and the blood. And as you eat it, say, I eat the flesh of Jesus. I drink his blood. And his flesh and his blood will heal me. Okay? Now, the Lord didn't say she should stop treatment. So she continued with her to die, right? So treatment doesn't save anybody with that disease. You need to hear God and follow what God is saying. Hallelujah. The Lord tells you to go for treatment, go for treatment. If he doesn't tell you, don't go. Because you can, if you put your hope in treatment, you will take the treatment and you will go. So she did her treatment and six months after, she's completely and totally cancer-free. Now, this, this particular sister was discussing, another believer was talking about this same lady who had this cancer experience. And that one said, yes, I saw that she is healed. She will be free from cancer, but she will end up in a wheelchair. So now what had happened was that that cancer was so bad, it entered into her bones, damaged her bones so badly. So even though she was cancer-free, she had to go for um, bone marrow transplant. 
because her marrow had been so badly damaged. In the course of that transplant, she ended up on a wheelchair. The person who prophesied, who saw that she would be healed of cancer, quite all right, and she would not die, but she would end up on a wheelchair. So the lady I was chatting with yesterday told me that, well, the Lord has not given them another instruction Okay, to whatever it is that needs to be done to bring her out of the wheelchair or not. However, she's cancer-free. She's not going to die, but she's in a wheelchair. Did the prophet see correctly? Perfectly, yes. So prophets can see into the spirit of what will happen, but it doesn't necessarily mean that what they are, what they are it's like your dreams also, when you have dreams. Your dreams have meaning. Your dreams have interpretation. So the lady I was talking to yesterday shared with me a certain type of dream that she had, and I said, yes, that dream comes for rejoicing. But I have learned through painful experience that when I have a dream and I see something I'm trusting the Lord for, that is not the end of the matter. What God is telling me is labor for it, it will happen. If you labor, labor, if you labor for it, it will happen. If you do not labor for it, it might not happen. And then you say the prophet lied. The prophet didn't lie. You didn't birth what the prophet saw. Hallelujah. Someone said, I believe that beyond what the prophets see, we should believe God's report. Of course. That is number one. If you don't believe what God's word, what God is saying, if you don't believe the report of the Lord, <laughs> you can't prosper. You can't. Yes. They, they work together. Believe the Lord your God and believe his prophets. That's what is in the scripture. All right. Um, I think I've made my point here. Can we go back to what we were sharing? So, so Paul took time, if we look at, if we examine the scriptures carefully, he took time to teach us the pattern or the way that we would operate and things that we would do to bring us to how he came to where he, he found himself, how he came to where he was on the earth. Hallelujah. I also believe that Paul is in our midst. <laughs> Praise God. As I said this now, I perceived that um, he's, he's here. He's in the atmosphere, he's in the realm of this teaching to affirm what I'm saying. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. As a witness, just as a witness to hear what I'm saying and to affirm. And also that grace will be imparted to many of us that are listening and be believe and believing to labor in this wise. In the one that he labeled because we haven't come into what he came into. I might be teaching it, but I haven't come into it. I'm learning it. And as I'm learning, I'm teaching, I'm showing you what I'm seeing. And the Lord wants us as a company to journey upwards. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, so let's read the scripture again. He said, for, for we who are in this tent grown, verse 4, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now he who has prepared us, hi. now he, he who has prepared us or he who has ordained us, this is our ordination. For this very thing is God. We have been ordained to participate in God's life on the earth. It's God who also has given us the spirit as a guarantee. I want to read this from the Amplified. Let's go to the Amplified version. Please shoot the Amplified version for me. 
on the screen. This is beautiful. Okay, someone said, please, can we pray to God to change what is seen in the spirit? If it is negative, yes, you can. And once it is seen, we should prepare towards it. No, you can pray for, you can change anything in the spirit. Even the will of God, you can change it. It just, it just that it will cost you. That's how much power we have with God. We don't know it. Because the man who went to Argentina can say, I, I don't have to go. I'm not going to Argentina. It has already been shown me I'm going to die there, so I won't go. I'll stay back in America. And he will stay in America and leak up 70 years on the earth and lose his destiny when he enters into heaven. So we can change. We can change negative things. You can change everything you see in the spirit that you believe is from Satan. You don't need to ask God's permission to change it. You change it immediately. Satan has no locks, has no voice, has no say in our lives. And number one of it is sickness. Sickness is not from God, it's from Satan. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, so I wanted to read this scripture in the book of, in the amplified version, and I asked for it on the screen. Is it there? No, not yet. Second Corinthians chapter five. Do we have the amplified? For we know that if the tent, which is our, no, verse one. No, no, no. I don't want to read from verse one. I want to read from verse four. Give me from verse four, please. For while we are still in this tent, we groan under the burden and sigh deeply, weighed down, depressed, oppressed. Nope. Not that we want to put off the body, the clothing of the spirit, but rather that we will be further clothed so that what is mortal, our dying, dying body, may be swallowed up by life after the resurrection. You know, see, after that resurrection is their own interpretation. That's not true. <laughs> this is this this is not after the resurrection no we want to put off the body the clothing of the spirit but rather that we would be further clothed upon so that by what is mortal may be swallowed up by life you don't need to pray and groan for for mortality to swallow up for immortality to swallow up mortality at resurrection. You don't need to. It's going to happen to everyone. Everybody is going to resurrect. Am I correct? Everybody is going to resurrect. Even the wicked will, will resurrect. The wicked will resurrect from the dead, but they will resurrect to condemnation. They will go to hell. They will give them a body that will burn in hell. They will give them a body that fire will not consume. That body will stay forever in, in the lake of fire. So you don't need to groan for that to happen. Just live your Christian life. You will resurrect. And if you don't live your Christian life, you will also resurrect. Praise God. All right. Um, let me see. Someone is asking some questions. It's already 740. It's time to close. I see some negative things in my dream. I pray, but it still comes to pass. Why? Okay, so maybe you don't pray enough. That's what some of the things I have come to with some experiences like this, okay? I have found out that some dreams is not kneeling down and praying 
canceling the dream. You say, cancel it. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I cancel it. That will make it work. There are some dreams, negative things that are deep-seated work of Satan. And it requires serious attention. So, there are some dreams that when you come out, if you ask the Lord, he will tell you, go on a fast. Okay? He can tell you, pray all night. Have a video concerning the matter. And deal with it squarely. So some of those things, if we don't take time to execute properly, they would still come to pass. Okay? Because of the weakness of the flesh. The flesh is weak. There are many things the flesh doesn't like. The flesh doesn't like uh, vigils. The flesh doesn't like fastings. The flesh doesn't like prolonged hour of prayer in the spirit. The flesh doesn't like it. So if someone is born with a medical condition, is it from Satan? So I want to ask you, if someone is born with a medical condition that is bad, is it from God? Can you answer me, Sister Fola Shade? Is it from God? Do you think it's from God? Or will you say that God allowed it? God allowed it. You see, some of the things that we suffer as believers, part of the reason why we suffer them is because we are not good. Thank you. So it's not from God. So if it is not from God, who then is it from? It's from Satan. Okay. Now, I was going to say something. And some of the things we suffer, some of the reasons why we suffer them is that we, we don't pay attention to the spirit of God when he's nudging us. Okay. Um, nudging us in things he wants to correct. If the enemy wants to attack, so the enemy, God can be instructing you on what to do to avert that thing Satan wants to do. Now, we are not paying attention, so we won't hear, we won't do it. Sometimes we don't lean on God's word. I have a friend, they, they, she conceived, she was already past 40 when she conceived for her last child. And when they went to the doctor in America, the doctor told them that child will not be normal. The child is going to have Down syndrome. Okay, so they got that information and they came back. They are pastors. And they sought the Lord and said they will keep the baby. They are not going to abort that baby. And that the baby will be normal. That child, if you see the child, he's so handsome. He is so intelligent. He is super intelligent, super handsome. But, you know, when you see his head, there's a way his head is a bit big. So maybe the Lord just left a little sign to show that, you know, what they wanted to do is true. But I didn't let it happen because you asked me not to. Okay. Now, if that couple, if they were going through that season and they began to quarrel and to fight, and then you tell the wife, do this with your husband, or you tell the husband, do this with your wife, and they refuse to do it. They refuse to submit to godly counsel. It will keep Satan's door open. So even though they prayed, yet they will still have a bad result. I don't know if I'm making sense. Because there are things that we allow in our lives that give Satan room for strife. Whenever there is strife, there's every evil war. Okay? Now, I know another woman who also had a child who was pregnant, but it this time around, they didn't show her what Satan 
and what, that the child medical science did not diagnose anything but she went through attacks okay at that pregnancy however during those attacks she consistently spoke god's word over that pregnancy consistently spoke god's word over the child and the child was born normal and the child as a baby showed signs of being you know what they call special child abnormal child you know um special children they look normal their heads are not overgrown like the down syndrome thing but their senses are a bit underdeveloped or it's too high right so that's what we call uh, uh, autistic children okay so a bit of science of that at babyhood childhood but there was consistent persistent prayer that child right now he is so handsome so intelligent so normal so 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 normal you wouldn't believe it so these are the different things that you know you would hear them and you know you can fight as a believer and succeed now somebody else in this case there's a scripture that talks about someone who was made such way someone with a congenital condition so that he would be used as a tool to show the wonders of god he, he god didn't make him that way to show the wonders of god he appeared that way and the wonders of god will be shown satan troubled that child and the wonders of god will be shown everything i'm sharing with you is the wonders of god i just shared with you about a family friend these are people that i know i live with them when we travel we know them so it's the wonders of God. The last one I just shared is the wonders of God. Praise God. But that can happen to someone that lacks knowledge, that lacks faith, and the child will come out abnormal. I know a man of God who was born, um, the, the, the one was born with palsy, but he was born into the house of Unbelievers, his parents did not know God. His, his parents were believers. His father was a believer, but lacked power. So you can be a believer and you lack power. You don't know what to do, okay? I had I, I had a testimony when Jerez was sharing his testimony of his mom. His mom told her when she, the mom fell sick. Some, um, um, what do you call it? Some um, um, terminal disease. The mother told him that you're going to pray. Now God is going to give you power so that by your prayer, this type of sickness can be healed. But at that time, when the mother was going through that, he prayed, but he didn't, he didn't, he couldn't get that miracle. When he shared something, she said, I wish when his father died, he said, well, the day his father died, he pounded on the casket. He screamed, he wept, he cried. He said, I wish I know today what I knew. I wish I knew then what I know today. My dad would never have passed. It is true. He's not lying. Okay, and that is why Satan resists our spiritual growth, because when we are able to mature quickly, there are many things that he does around us that we should be able to stop. Hallelujah. So God wants us trained. God wants us to practice these things that we're learning. Okay, practice these things that we're learning. Give ourselves wholly to them. That's what Paul told Timothy. He said, these things I'm teaching you, he said, give yourself wholly to them that your profiting may be evident to all. 
We can profit in righteousness. We can profit in the word of God. We can profit in the things of God. And it will be evident that we are profiting. Okay? The things that oppressed us 10 years ago will no longer succeed in oppressing us today. Why? We have moved. We have journeyed. When we move, when we journey, what do we enter into? We enter into life. We enter into spirit life. We enter into certain vibrations of the spirit that the enemy can no longer catch up with. Hallelujah. We, you know, elevate. We go higher. Praise God. But we require constant, consistent, daily, constant, consistent, daily, and not giving up. God bless you. You won't give up. Hallelujah. And different allocations that God has made. Part of it is communion. We, you take it. Confession. You take it. Righteousness. Holiness. Living right. You take it. Not speaking evil. Not quarreling. Not fighting. Pursuing peace. Loving the brethren. It's all part of it. Now, you do this without this, there'll be a, a shortfall somewhere. You, it's, uh, um, Sheila shared a testimony, a dream that she had. And in this dream, it was a huge dining table. And the table was set with all kinds of meals. Milk of God's word, meat of God's word, bone of everything was there. And she asked the Lord, which one should I eat? The Lord said, eat all. Eat all. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We bless your name. We glorify. We thank you for feeding us. Feeding us with your word, feeding us with milk, feeding us with meat, feeding us with strength, feeding us with capacity in the name of Jesus. This evening, we bring your the bread before you and we ask that you bless it. And we bring the cup before you, we ask that you bless it. And we receive this as the flesh of Jesus. And we receive this cup as the blood of Jesus. We eat the flesh of Jesus. We drink the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, for the power of this covenant, the power in the blood of Jesus, the power of this everlasting covenant at work in us, at work in our bodies, at work in our home, at work in our lives, at work in our soul, at work in our hearts, Lord. Thank you for the power of this covenant in the name of Jesus. It's the flesh of Jesus. We drink his blood in Jesus' name. Amen. I encourage you to please eat the flesh and drink the blood of Jesus. Please, we want to appeal to you. Please post um, the advertisements on of uh, the immersion on your platforms. Those of you that are active on social media, please, if you are in a church, please gather your youth together. Talk to your pastor. We're not going to steal their members. Their members will continue going. To them, we just want the body of Christ on fire by these young people, wherever they go to, whether they go back to campus, whether they go back to school, you know, they'll be on fire for Jesus and touch their generation for Jesus. Hallelujah. So please help us advertise the immersion and um, bring in as many people as possible. And if you haven't registered, please register Please, we ask for your gifts, your love gifts, and your offerings also towards the immersion. And God bless you. Hallelujah. We've come to the end of today's meeting. Thank you so much for joining us. Can we pray, uh, share the grace of God in fellowship? 
May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit abide with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely God's goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. We are the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. And good night. Sleep well. God bless you. Thank you, Mama. Thank you, Mama. Thank you, Mama.